Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. And this week, we're going to be talking uh, with the San Antonio Economic Development Foundation about their Q2 2019 jobs report. If you're uh, going to be able to stick with us here uh, on the radio, uh, I'm going to be joined by Sean Atwood uh, for uh, this program today. If you're not going to be able to stick with us and wanted to learn more about this uh, report, it'll be up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, June 4th, uh, along with the replay of this program and a a recap posted there. Uh, If you're uh, in your car right now and going to be uh, hopping out, you can install the uh, iHeartRadio streaming app on your Android or iOS device, or you can uh, go to iHeartRadio.com uh, from a computer web browser as well to continue listening to the program here uh, on Saturday evening. So, Sean, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, first, uh, share a little bit about your your role uh, at the Economic Development Foundation, and that'll lead into what the heck is SA Works and stuff as well. Sure. So uh, just thank you for having me. And real high level, so the San Antonio Economic Development Foundation uh, is a uh, nonprofit organization in San Antonio, and we are charged with the diversification and growth of the local and regional economy. Um, and then within that, we have SA Works, which serves as our workforce development entity. Uh, at SA Works, uh, my role is the Senior Director of Workforce Management. And what we do at SA Works is we Uh, provide information to the public um, and then within our firm to understand what the local workforce needs are. Um, We align very closely with industry and our target industries are aligned with the SA Forefront plan, uh, which are healthcare, uh, IT, and advanced manufacturing. Uh, We also provide a internship program and many other uh, programs that provide experiential learning for high school students. Uh, and then we work very closely with the education system, and we also convene uh, employers and education system to help identify what the critical workforce needs are and then some of the gaps and, and work to try and close those gaps. Yeah, anyone out there working in the uh, manufacturing sector, there's a manufacturing job shadow day in the, the fall? Uh, yes, uh, we, we hold industry-specific job shadow days. Uh, we have a manufacturing job shadow day in the fall. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on what month that is, um, and then... In October, uh, we have a job shadow day for cybersecurity as well. And so we focus specifically on those industries. And then we have our citywide job shadow day, which we host in February. And that's our much larger event. Uh, we, ho- we focus on our target industries, but then uh, we, we also really open the doors for everybody at that point to get exposure to high school juniors and seniors to those job opportunities and those employers here in the San Antonio area. Yeah, it's a, a, a job shadow day really is just it's one day. It's a, a great uh, way for your uh, staff at a company to go out and get a chance to share what their job is and, and really articulate that uh, out to a group of high school kids. And I, I think it's one that um, opens the, the eyes of the students uh, to what the different possibilities are uh, for them uh, in the San Antonio market. Uh, but it also, I think, uh, is inspiring for the employees. Um, we participate uh, in them uh, with my day job company. Uh, and I think it, it's just one much. where uh, it's it's good to, to see um, kids very interested in the job that you're doing as an adult. Uh, it makes you feel better about your, your work. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, if you have, were not aware Job Shadow Days exist, uh, check out uh, SA Works um, and uh, talk to the team there because you can get signed up for one of these ones coming here in the fall uh, after uh, this next semester starts up and the students are back in class. 
So, Sean, I know uh, we were here really today to, to the main reason talk about this 2019 report. So what are the, the highlights uh, and kind of big takeaways out of it? Yeah, so so thank you, Brett. Uh, this particular jobs report is our third iteration. Uh, so we, ba we began back in the Q1 of 2018. Um, and some of the some of the big changes or, or I guess, uh, you know, pieces of the jobs report that, that we've added um, is we've added demographic information because we want to do a better job of showing uh, how different industries break out in terms of, of gender and and uh, race, and race and ethnicity. Uh, that's very important. Uh, as a city, we uh, have a inclusive growth strategy. And so it's really important that we shine a light on those. Um, and then also um, in light of the. Uh, conversations that we've been teeing up lately about digital job disruptions. Um, we wanted to really focus on some of those evergreen uh, skills, if you will, um, that we're referring to as marketable skills, so soft skills, if you will, uh, that are uh, most commonly cited by employers as important, and we can get into that a little bit. Um, and then uh, also we, we noticed that uh, for the first time amongst the top five qualifications for manufacturing, that a cybersecurity related uh, um, uh, certification, CompTIA Security Plus, um, was highlighted. And so um, maybe we can discuss that a little bit more. And um, other than that, we, we're starting to see a little bit of, you know, just seasonal trends that, that might uh, remain uh, stable over the next coming few reports where uh, job posting activity tends to pick up and, and it's uh, at its highest point in the second half of the year. Um, and then, of course, we can go through some of the, the actual numbers and, and some of the findings and, and what that means for job seekers in San Antonio. Yeah, no, well, we'll dive into some of those details. So uh, if you uh, wanted to hear more about the San Antonio Economic Development Foundation and the kind of full background there, we had uh, Genesis Ada Herrera, who's the uh, CEO uh, on the program. You can uh, listen to uh, her uh, dive into uh, all the things that the EDF uh, is responsible for on your favorite podcast service, uh, or you could see a, a still photo of uh, Jenna and I have a conversation on YouTube uh, if you want to check out the CyberTalk Radio YouTube channel. Uh, and if you have a favorite podcasting service and uh, you do not find our program uh, on that service, let us know uh, on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, we will fix that and uh, get CyberTalk Radio added to that channel. And we will also get you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt. So one of the reasons, uh, Sean, I guess that workforce is uh, super important for the Economic Development Foundation overall is uh, their main job the way I, I explain it is uh, it's to make the companies that are in San Antonio more successful and to help shine a light on um, all the things that San Antonio has to offer to companies that do not yet have a, an office uh, in our city. That, that's right. And um, so with that, one of the areas that we focus on are relevant completions. Um, so by that, I mean uh, post-secondary programs um, that uh, unfortunately, too, with that data, it's always a year or two behind. So that's something that you know we, we, we have to keep a really close eye on and make sure that we have great relationships with the local community colleges and, and universities. Um, but by looking at those post-secondary completions, we can get a really good idea of, and, and down to specific programs as well, um, of how well we're doing in the city um, as opposed to uh, when you compare it to the uh, job posting information uh, that uh, we have available through secondary sources and then of course we validate some of that through our industry um, our, like our industry advisory council and then our other relationships that we have um, so um, when we when we when we put out this data um, you know 
very often we will see um, opportunities to go to some of the colleges and, and you know, right now I'm, I'm primarily thinking about our community college system. Um, we've got a, a very, um, uh, we, we've got a great community college system and it's strategically located uh, across the San Antonio region and into parts of the Hill Country. And there's also several uh, centers as well that provide vocational job training. So when we see a rise in employers posting certifications, for example, as their top qualifications, we want to make sure that we, uh, that, that we understand that that's accessible in the city. And so we'll also work very intentionally to, to point that out and shine a light on those opportunities. And, and the idea is to get that curriculum built and that capacity upgraded across the systems. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, the ones I found was interesting as I learned a little bit about this during uh, research is there – there are more people in San Antonio uh, attending uh, some secondary education, uh, whether it's community college or uh, one of our many four-year universities here. Uh, there are more in San Antonio enrolled and actively taking classes than there are people in Austin. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, this is this is uh, my my numbers say that we're a little bit ahead of the city of Austin. So UT Austin's gigantic, yes. um, and then after that, it drops off substantially. Probably. Where here we have. University of Texas at San Antonio, Texas A&M San Antonio, and you keep going down the list. And uh, with all of our four-year universities here, plus the size of the Alamo College District, uh, we, we have more folks here attending. Uh, now, if you look at our, our percentage of graduates, uh, people in, that live in the area with a four-year degree, we're not there today. But as I think all of these um, schools have been working to improve graduation rates at, at both the associates and the bachelor's level, uh, I think we're on the trajectory to see the change and for employers uh, this is one where if you look at at where the workforce is today or where is it going to be five years from now uh, it starts to make uh, san antonio look like a, a very interesting market it's important too with higher ed that we we look at what's happening on a regional level so you have austin you have san antonio um, one thing about austin is that uh, it it does have twice the amount of especially tech jobs, twice the amount of tech jobs, and it, it has a, a huge output from the UT, uh, the UT school up there. Um, but recently we added Texas State University to our, our um, institutions uh, because being right there in the center point and really looking at this from a regional approach, um, we need to consider uh, the regional impact because San Antonio is becoming not only an attractive place for people to stay and develop their education and their career and build a family here, um, but we also are attracting uh, many newcomers, many many folks from other markets, and uh, recent data shows that um, in a um, market our size, we have the top um, uh, millennial growth. And I think that's really important because um, these are folks that uh, don't always complete school. You know, in Bayer County, we have about 260,000 folks with some college and no degree. And so uh, when we're attracting these folks, we, we, we want to consider uh, the impact that the diverse amount of educational options uh, makes. And so although Austin may have the advantage by the numbers, San Antonio has quite an advantage by the number of institutions with the various degrees of specialties, um, not to mention the national recognition that our schools are getting. Uh, for instance, UTSA uh, and Texas A&M, they're making great strides in cybersecurity, um, as are many of our other schools, including our community colleges. I think right now we have six colleges that are designated by uh, the NSA and the Department of Homeland Security um, as 
uh, centers of excellence, academic excellence uh, for cybersecurity. And so we want to continue to build on that momentum so that we're not only a great place to live, but a great place to stay, get educated, and, and, and get a job. And then that helps us with our story uh, when we're out of market or we're working with companies that are interested in making a presence in San Antonio. Yeah, uh, we, we've had uh, some of the, the folks on from Texas State, and uh, they, they talked about their computer science, uh, cybersecurity, uh, and imbe its embedded systems-specific related uh, research work that's going on there. And was, as I think about tech jobs, and this is one in San Antonio and, and out at Port San Antonio, there's a lot of work or even at some of our manufacturing companies here where, as you said, all of a sudden the Security Plus certification is popping up because everyone realizes that whether it's a car, a plane, train, automobile at this point, these are all things that are effectively just computers on wheels or computers with jet engines and um, software development, software security, and uh, uh, folks that have been studying and doing research in those areas are critically important uh, to all of these firms now uh, to, to have inside their workforce, and there's a, a lot of it going on here in San Antonio. Um, due to uh, the, the focus that Port San Antonio has on those specific types of, of companies uh, in attracting and recruiting them uh, out there to, uh, to join uh, that redevelopment project. If you've never heard of Port San Antonio before, no, they're not pulling boats into there. It's uh, Kelly Field uh, over on the west side of San Antonio. Uh, we've had uh, Jim Pershbach on, who's the CEO out there, and a few other members of uh, his team, I think most recently, Will Garrett, who is a heads-up development uh, for the the port on uh, the cybersecurity-related side of things. And you can uh, check that out, uh, again, on our website or uh, via your favorite podcasting service. Uh, or there's always great still photos of on YouTube. No, we're, we're not doing video anytime soon. Uh, if you, you do want to watch videos uh, of us or if you would like to see us do some more kind of on-site uh, broadcasting. Let us know on Twitter or Facebook if we do get enough folks in the audience saying please do video, uh, then then maybe we'll make the change. I've I've always said we'll never do it, but uh, we are here for you as an audience. Uh, Sean and I could have a conversation with ourselves, but that's uh, not not helpful um, and not why we're uh, on the radio. So Sean, uh, out of this, do uh, you, you guys dive into that um, security plus? Like why are manufacturers asking for it? Yeah, so you had, you had said a key word there is embedded systems. Um, so, you know, this really helps us as well. And I, I, I promise not to go on, a, on, you know, down a rabbit hole here. But um, as, as a workforce development agency, it's important for us to ensure that the right story is being told with certain jobs. And I think that most folks in the industry would, would agree with saying that, that um, in manufacturing there is a little bit of a uh, perception issue with those folks that are a little bit more tech forward and uh, manufacturing really is coming a long way and so uh, we of course um, see manufacturing as a very highly technical endeavor yeah. and if you want to play with robots kids it's in the manufacturing world. absolutely absolutely and and, and the other thing to consider, too, is um, there, there's so much management and risk management and there's so much program management and leadership that is needed around those technical skills. And so just walking it back a little bit to answer your question, um, embedded systems are everywhere from sensors to automation to the robotics to making sure that one process is complete and wrapped up before the next process begins. Um, and within these within these complex advanced manufacturing systems, 
um, these embedded systems need to be secure for so many reasons. Um, everything is connected to the internet and you know, without going into too many buzzwords, IOT is something that uh, many people have probably heard. If not, it's internet of things. And the idea is it's machines that talk to one another to really put things simply via Bluetooth or some kind of other protocol or over the internet. And so as you have these machines that are constantly communicating to each other and transferring data, um, the need for security is paramount. And so it might not seem like a manufacturing job, but one thing to consider is that when you're talking about cybersecurity and you're talking about tech, um, it's becoming more and more of a practice that is working across several industries. And uh, so with that in mind, uh, it's sometimes hard to even call tech an industry unless yeah. you're an OEM or you're developing uh, applications for, for new, you know, to solve new problems. Yeah, e every company has a technology department mm -hmm. uh, at, at this point in time, um, even if it's uh, just to handle uh, a, a handful of business applications that are specific to that company. But, um, and even if you go all the way down to the smallest firm, even if you have just two employees, your your first kind of part-time employee or your first part-time um, specialty contractor that almost every company brings in is some type of IT professional to uh, help that business uh, use technology to improve their processes. So, uh, you know, I mean, this is, in, as you, you look forward, uh, tech is going to become um, even more pervasive than it is today as we see things like the Microsoft HoloLens in manufacturing. Like if you are thinking, that, again, manufacturing is this boring, um, dull industry. It's not at all. I mean, many of the, the most cutting-edge pieces of technology are getting used there um, because of every efficiency gain they have, every consistency gain. It's really expensive to uh, have to go back and have a recall order on a, a line of pickup trucks. So they would rather uh, make sure that all that stuff is done exactly right the first time. So to double and triple check and have the systems in place and all of that is is critical for them. And like in the, the software tech world, if like we have an issue, like it's much easier to deal with that software bug and have somebody download a new version of software than it is to ask somebody to come drop their truck off for two days so that you can swap out uh, an update on that or or change a part or something else if it's a physical error so yeah if you want to use robotics you want to use stuff like hololens and and those other things the manufacturing is the uh, uh probably easiest uh, way to get a job or you're going to get access to all of those mm -hmm. yep absolutely absolutely and and that goes for other other um, industries as well um we we haven't really dove into healthcare too much but um, those same certifications are just as important within those organizations for very obvious reasons yeah. when you're dealing with patient data and more medical charts and the, the process of going through that is being transferred over to an electronic system. Uh, and so the need to secure, e even if you are outsourcing everything to a cloud provider, just the, the ability to interact with that vendor and ensure that all the right standards and protocols are being followed, there's a great opportunity across all industries for this type of mindset. Yeah, and I, in, in the medical world, so this is more of kind of that combination of hardware, software, embedded systems again, but of medical device companies, uh, I, I wish they all had cybersecurity people on staff, right? Um, they don't all have cybersecurity people on staff, and they all really should. I mean, I'll, I'll use one hypothetical here on the, the air that I think most of our listeners could understand. So you, you either uh, may have diabetes yourself or know somebody that does and kind of understand a little bit on, on how insulin works and how an insulin pump works. Well, there's 
implantable insulin pumps for folks that really need to be able to monitor that. These things are connected to your cell phone over Bluetooth. And um, if you, you go out and read some of the vulnerability reports on them, uh, and some of these insulin pumps are getting put out and, and built um, it, without any security controls around it. Um, and I mean, like that can be deadly dangerous. And these exploits are getting found after the fact because, um, I mean, this is like we do all this drug research on the safety of a, a drug compound, but on the medical device side of things, um, the cybersecurity aspects of it are just uh, not at the sophistication level I would personally like to see. And it, it's it's actually kind of scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and and even with all of the intention and the work going into making sure that uh, the need for education is met at the K through 12 level all the way up through a higher education, um, there there is a large predicted uh, shortfall of jobs um, in, in cybersecurity to be specific over the next couple of years. I think the worldwide gap is supposed to be over 2 million or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's one of these where you'll see the number of posted jobs out there uh, is going to be likely much less than that. But there's this uh, sort of shadow demand where if, if hiring uh, managers or HR departments don't believe they can get qualified candidates, they don't even put the job up. So I think if you, you look at that real number is a few million, I think we'll see a few hundred thousand jobs posted um, that will all get filled, uh, and, and we're still going to be an order of 10 uh, short. And I mean, what will also happen is you'll see companies, instead of posting uh, a role for a software developer that has that embedded system cybersecurity expertise, they'll just post a role for a software developer, generic role, and then they'll try to hire and do some in-house training or maybe send them to a, a, a course of some sort, uh, external course, but it's not going to likely be someone who's spent years uh, studying in a specific area through a, a degree program um, that they're going to be able to find and hire. So they, you'll, you'll see some of these cybersecurity jobs getting filled under a generic technology job category, uh, and then it's on the employer actually to do the training on themselves. Gosh, and, and I see so much um, opportunity with that. Um, and, you know, one thing I wanted to touch on is um, the the reality that, you know, uh, between now and, and 30 years from now, and let's just focus on millennials because they're the largest group of folks now, largest population demographically. Um, it's, it's estimated that their jobs are going to be disrupted about six times during their career, and it's just due to digital disruption. And so when we're looking at that, there is a huge opportunity for folks that are looking to transition into a new career to explore cybersecurity as a, an opportunity to do very well and to help meet these needs in this, this national, um, let's call it an emergency, really, for filling these jobs. Yeah. So you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is CyberTalk Radio, and I'm joined by Sean Atwood, and we're discussing uh, the Q2 2019 jobs report from the San Antonio Economic Development Foundation. Uh, you can uh, get a copy of that report from their website or uh, check out uh, our rebroadcast uh, of this program and our recap where uh, we will uh, also uh, make sure that we link to that report um, so you can get your, your hands on it and dive into the data yourself. If you're going to stick with us here through a news traffic and weather update at the bottom of the hour, uh, Sean and I will be back to talk uh, specifically about uh, some companies that are hiring here, uh, some things we're seeing in the San Antonio market, uh, some new employers that have, have moved here, uh, and uh, many more things about uh, where our city is uh, headed 
uh, demographically, and I think if you look um, nationwide, San Antonio is a, a really a leading indicator on where we're headed as a country overall. So if you uh, are listening via podcast, uh, we will skip that news, traffic, and weather update because it's not going to be relevant to you in the past. Uh, and uh, if you uh, wanted to, uh, during that update, check out the Economic Development Foundation website at sanantonioedf.com. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. Joined this week by Sean Atwood, the Senior Director of Workforce Management at the San Antonio Economic Development Foundation and SA Works. Uh, and if you uh, just uh, turned your radio on right now and uh, wonder why the heck are we talking about this, well, uh, San Antonio EDF, uh, the Economic Development Foundation, they just released a Q2 2019 jobs report and a uh, one of the top things that popped up in that report was a Security Plus certification uh, and a whole bunch of other cybersecurity-related things and technology and IT, and uh, that happens to be one of the uh, the core focus areas uh, for Sean and the, the team there uh, at SA Works uh, to help uh, both employers here fill those roles. So if uh, you are an employer and you're trying to find and hire uh, technology-skilled uh, folks in the San Antonio area, uh, reach out to uh, Sean and the, the team. Uh, you can go uh, to the uh, San Antonio Economic Development Foundation website at sanantonioedf.com, uh, and you can find your way to uh, SA Works and uh, all the things they do on the workforce development side. Uh, if you're trying to fill a job that you have posted right now, that's one way to engage. The, the better way to engage is to reach out to them and let them know what skills and talents uh, you you need uh, and then they'll work with the education partners in the area to uh, develop a, a pipeline of folks to fill not just today's job, but all of the future roles that you'll be posting as you, you grow and expand uh, inside the, the market area here. And uh, we were talking about the, the start of 160,000 students uh, in uh, community college or in one of our four-year universities here in the San Antonio area. So there's a whole bunch of folks that are, are learning right now, uh, and they're going to school with the, the goal to uh, to get a job um, at the end of that and, and build a career with a company here. So you look at the size of that population, and this is one where uh, I think we'll be able to continue to support the, the growth uh, that is forecasted for the San Antonio market, uh, even as our, our universities grow. I know uh, I've seen uh, Dr. Amy from UTSA uh, mention that uh, 45,000 students to grow the population there, maybe even 50,000 uh, as they expand the downtown campus and uh, do uh, many more things, uh, interesting online additions and, and lots of stuff going on at UTSA. So uh, you just and then you have the, the growth of uh, Texas A&M San Antonio um, as they go from a. Uh, just a, a finishing school with uh, upperclassmen to now a full four-year university there as well. Not only are we, uh, we have a lot of kids and a bunch of adults as well uh, in 
those university programs right now, there's going to be more headed uh, that direction in the future. So, Sean, I know uh, we had uh, said for folks that stuck around with us through that uh, news traffic and weather update, we're going to talk about some of the specific employers uh, that are kind of here. Um, I'd like to give you a chance to, to mention some of the projects that the Economic Development Foundation was involved in, or at least it sure looked like y'all were involved for me following the news a little bit. So the, you've got um, Ernst & Young, your EY. I've, I feel like I saw them announce 500-plus jobs and maybe a center that's going to grow to over 1,000. Um, I don't know if it's the next five years or the next decade, but uh, up on the, the northwest side of San Antonio near that, that UTSA main campus. Yeah, um, EY um, is a great example. Uh, we also had a uh, couple of really awesome announcements over the last several months and have started 2019 off very strong uh, with PenFed, Credit Union, uh, Accenture uh, Federal, uh, Booz Allen and Hamilton, uh, Funnel AI, uh, and uh, Victory Capital, just to name a few, um, all of which will include high-tech jobs. Um, so kind of going back to the early part of the podcast uh, where we were discussing the um, fact that cybersecurity is a practice and it really exists across several industries. You know, we're looking at uh, industries that provide everything from uh, cybersecurity consulting to banks in the finance industry um, to um, artificial intelligence companies that are that are pure tech. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's important that we point out those wins and the work the SAEDF does in collaboration with their partners to expand business investment and job producing investments in San Antonio um, because that's where we need to be really cautious and intentional on how we're building our workforce development strategies. So we're looking at data right here from the jobs report and I'll just, I'll, since we're talking about tech, um, we're looking at increasing jobs by about 10% over the next five years. And the national average says that, you know, big cities of our size are going to expand by about, uh, they're going to expand the IT jobs by a little over 7%. So that already signals that we have some hard intentional work to do, but that doesn't include the type of job producing investments that we attract or that we grow within San Antonio. And so when we're talking about growth and preparing our workforce for, uh, for tomorrow, uh, we, need to, we need to consider all the possible uh, variables and the Economic Development Foundation is working very intentionally with partners within San Antonio, both in the public and private sector, to land those wins in San Antonio. Yeah, so on uh, listeners out there, if you uh, follow the program regularly, you will have uh, heard from uh, a couple of the uh, gentlemen at Accenture Federal who joined us uh, out here just after that big announcement. Uh, one of them uh, spent uh, 28 years uh, with the Central Intelligence Agency before going to work for Accenture Federal. So if you uh, want to hear some interesting stories and background if you did not catch that uh, program you can uh, listen to it on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com or uh, on your uh, favorite podcasting service so uh, and I guess uh, also for funnel AI as well with the artificial intelligence and uh, as you're, you're out there I think we had some interesting conversations with them on the on the program as well as uh, these uh, natural language processors become more and more human-like. Um, the cybersecurity aspects of uh, that type of interaction is going to become uh, even more important. And uh, so this is uh, where every company is going to have to think uh, how can the different pieces of technology get used uh, by folks with uh, low ethics or no ethics. Uh, it's uh, the, the dividing line between 
um, being a, a good guy or a bad guy is uh, generally where you fall on that ethics spectrum. So it's uh, one where hopefully we can train a lot of folks uh, that have uh, cybersecurity skills and high ethics, uh, and then we'll we'll have a nice, uh, safe world. But uh, the bad news is there's folks out there that are uh, not our colleges and universities in the San Antonio area that are training people with low ethics or no ethics uh, or uh, folks just in a, a bad situation where maybe you do have high ethics, but there's um, people in the, the city or the country there that threaten your family if you don't use your skills um, for their gain and, and at the expense of others. So. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a interesting and far ranging landscape uh, out there on the the cyber threat side of things, and I think this goes all the way through to like that that EY center that's opening up, where they're looking for um, I'm going to call it one we were talking about a little bit um, on during that bottom of the hour break was the information security analyst or cybersecurity analyst role, and I think the the EY folks are in that one it, it's. Hiring people without even specific accounting backgrounds just to go through and look with critical thinking skills at uh, all of these different financial systems and controls trying to find um, anomalous behavior there. So uh, they're not calling that role over there an information security analyst or cybersecurity analyst. But as I heard them describe it to me, I was like, that sounds like they're building a big center full of analysts to me. Uh, so I think and this is, is one uh, as well. I, I know in your survey there, you've got average salaries for all of these jobs. Um, and uh, with that, so uh, as you're out there getting into these workforce, you, you check out the survey, you can read the average salaries, realize average is the average for that role, not the average starting salary on day one, the first day you get hired in that role. So for many of these these areas in there, if it's an information security analyst, um, if you have five years of experience, you're going to make substantially more money than you will in year one. So um, in a lot of these uh, listeners, it, you're headed into a cybersecurity career or an information technology career. Uh, find the, a good job with the right company, and then you'll have the opportunity to grow. Um, and, and you'll work your way towards average. And it's like you think I, at this point, like I have 20 years of experience uh, in a wide range of um, networking and computer security aspects and uh, so as you you build those years of experience uh, that will substantially change your, your pay from starting pay to you'll get to where if you have an average amount of experience you should be making an average salary at that point yeah uh, do you mind if I kind of dig into the information security analyst role yeah, a little dive bit? in great um, you know I think that one's important because that is a role that's available across all uh, major industries and so if an individual that wants to get into this type of work um, is still attracted to the medical field or still attracted to the manufacturing field um, there is uh, room for this job across the board and um, just a little background on the ba on the uh, jobs report itself so uh, what we do is we we run this report um, by grouping uh, uh, standard occupation codes and and those codes aren't perfect they're they're government supported you know and and they're used to help track how well we're doing as a country in certain types of jobs um, but to your point Brett uh, they, they're not uh, it's not always cut and dry uh, according to what the employer really needs and how the job is posted um, but these um, these these jobs are classified into these occupation codes and I could tell you that um, the information security analyst role is really attractive for uh, the experienced person and for the individual that's looking to get into tech and into cybersecurity um, because it's the, the most uh, in-demand job right now. It really is. Um, 
In fact, it's the hardest to fill. And not because we're not producing the workforce, but because the demand is just exceeding the supply right now. Um, so just to give some detail around that, um, we include a metric for the entire category of IT uh, and for the other industries that just show on average how hard employers are working to fill a job. And so with the IT related jobs, uh, right now it's about five to one. So there'll be five postings for every single hire made. Uh, that's uh, an average. Uh, with the information security analysts, it's 13 to one. So employers are working really hard. And by the time that those job postings are getting up to 13 to one, they're getting the attention of folks out of market. The good news is, is that in market, we are producing completions that prepare folks for these jobs. Um, so right now, UTSA is, is leading the pack. But mind you, I'm looking at data that's a little bit behind. Uh, iPads is what provides the completion data for college. And we're looking at 2017 data right now. 2018 should come out any month now. Um, but with that data, UTSA is, is putting out the most completions. Um, but then next is SAC and St. Phillips, and the, their schools and their programs are recognized by the NSA for academic excellence with cybersecurity. Um, and then you have Our Lady of the Lake that has a master's program. So for any of those that are more experienced and really want to, um, you know, get into it or, or you know, maybe uh, teach. That's a great option. Now, um, we're about to start seeing some data come in through very strong programs here in the region as well. Uh, Texas A&M University has a wonderful cybersecurity program. And one thing I wanted to point out is how the dots connect back to the Alamo Community Colleges system, making it really accessible to do very well and get a high level education in cybersecurity and, and be ready for these jobs. Uh, Texas A&M has an incredible two plus two program, a partnership with San Antonio College and St. Phillips. So you can start off by getting your two year uh, associate uh, appli in applied sciences for information assurance or cybersecurity at one of the Alamo Colleges. And then after that two years, then you can transfer all your credits over and you can finish up at Texas A&M. So uh, it reduces some of the financial barriers. It also allows students to go in early, do the practical work in community college, get a few certifications, and then maybe go get an apprenticeship or get a job and then go back to complete uh, that degree. And I think that's the trend that we're going to see, uh, especially with these technical jobs, is colleges are going to have to get more creative about how to partner up how to create more certificate programs and how to embed curriculum within their larger programs that prepare students to pass certifications because that's that's the direction where things are going and you're going to see more employers uh, be okay with certifications and applied effort and experience um, as an alternative to the four-year degree. Yeah, I mean, even that, that center for EY, they're not specifically requiring a, a an accounting degree and they're even not specifically requiring a four-year degree for many of the roles at that center now mm -hmm. um, that they've they're expanding here so yeah I mean uh, as you were talking about that two plus two program um, maybe think about another one of the, the guests we had on just all this innovation that's going on in education which I think is amazing so the the cyber p-tech high school here on the Sam Houston campus is partnered with Alamo colleges um, and for parents out there, if you, you've got a, an eighth grader um, and, and one headed into high school or a seventh grader and you're, you're thinking about where for the, the next uh, year to start planning out that high school, start looking around now. There's many more options. It's no longer just your neighborhood school. So like the Cyber P-Tech school is an example is uh, free. Uh, it's a in-district charter program in San Antonio ISD on the Sam Houston campus. Uh, and it allows the students to uh, get an Associates of Applied Science uh, in Information Assurance and Cybersecurity uh, while they're still in high school. So they'll finish high school 
uh, with a an associate's degree, and they can transfer straight into, as you, you mentioned there, Texas A&M San Antonio, um, to finish up college in only two years. Um, or you could go straight out into many of these roles um, right as they turn 18. Um, for the uh, the those thinking about some of these uh, college-level programs as well, if you do want um, to work um, in the uh, supporting either the Department of Defense or in, in other federal um, roles, uh, if you do need a security clearance, um, if you're in a degree program at an NSA um, DHS Center of Excellence, there's opportunities there to start pre-screening for that clearance while you're still going through uh, the, the program at school. You won't go all the way through uh, to having the clearance because you have to have a job for a with a company that needs it, but they can do uh, much of the, the pre-screening work, which will then um, make you eligible for uh, many of those roles that do require a, a clearance and because uh, the employer can kind of take it that last step of the relay race there uh, rather than having to do the whole thing and, and put you uh, into a, a non-classified role for a substantial period of time as you, you go through the clearance process. That's a really good point uh, because San Antonio, uh, we, we often say we are, um, we're, we're number two to Washington, D.C. We have more of concentration of cybersecurity headquarters and jobs here than, than Washington, D.C. We're number two to them more than anywhere else in the United States. And um, one thing, though, is that uh, we are starting to see an increase in commercial because even though we, are, we do occupy such a large market share, uh, much of it are federal contracts right now. And so um, that in mind, uh, anyone that's looking uh, to get involved in that type of work, going down that pathway of getting a top secret clearance or secret clearance is important. Um, and then, and that goes to back to uh, just a, another topic that I like to bring up about our workforce in San Antonio. Um, Every year we have 4,000 veterans that transition out of the military in San Antonio, and they all have to make choices. And, you know, I think about half of them, uh, based on a recent survey, they choose to retire. So that leaves you with another 2,000 right there. But then half of those folks, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's about half. They, they all have some kind of STEM-related certification. Yeah. And so when you do the numbers, every single year we have hundreds of qualified uh, folks that are are transitioning out of the military, and we have resources available here in San Antonio uh, to help uh, those individuals um, get the attention of these employers, uh, including the Bayer County um, uh, Transition Center. So um, we really do have uh, an amazing opportunity to continue to build on our success as a cyber uh, city here in San Antonio. Um, but, uh, you know, in addition to the, the federal uh, opportunities and the work that we're doing with the federal contracts, uh, uh, we, we're really building something great uh, with our education base to uh, really make this a Silicon Valley, if you will, of a commercial development for cybersecurity. And so uh, once those numbers come out uh, from um, uh, the, uh, when the completion numbers start coming out from A&M, um, I, I didn't even mention Hallmark. Sorry, yeah. Brent. Hallmark University, they, they, have, they have an amazing program. Yeah, there's a uh, master's in malware, um, reverse engineering at St. Mary's. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, so we'll, we will certainly leave um, some, someone's program out around cybersecurity education in, in this area because, yeah, I mean, Incarnate Word has programs as well. Mm -hmm. As you go through every school, they're um, all doing things related to cybersecurity here now. There, there isn't a... a university that I'm aware of uh, in our area that that is uh, devoid of uh, cybersecurity uh, class uh, classes uh, at, at the the school mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Yeah, and one thing um, that that also that we have strength as a community is is our ability and willingness to collaborate. And so we have uh, higher uh, higher education institutions collaborating with nonprofit and uh, public and private sector uh, to make sure that we really seize this opportunity. And so. Um, you know, over the coming years, I, I think we'll continue to see significant growth, uh, really above our, our forecast in these in these jobs reports, and that's really across all industries, not just cybersecurity. But cybersecurity is definitely one to watch. That's going to put us on the map. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at 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 information technology slash cybersecurity, uh, healthcare. Both of those are predicted to grow in San Antonio above the the national rate. Um, I'm not familiar, I guess, to the manufacturing probably also as well, but uh, do you have numbers on that one? Yeah, manufacturing, so we're predicted to grow about 6% over the next five years, um, and the national rate is 1.2%. So f- more than so four times faster than, five times faster than the national average. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, and, and it's it's due to a lot of factors. Um, you know, we have the land, um, we have the, the policies in place. Uh, to su- we're pro-business in Texas. Uh, we're also an attractive relocation destination, and, and we're doing some great work to build up the workforce as well um, at the K-12 through level all the way through the community colleges. Yeah, and, and yeah cast, cast STEM opening up. Yep. Or maybe, I guess, they, they opened last year. Um, yeah. So yes, the, yeah, yes. Castem had their first, their first yeah, so they've got sophomores coming in now this mm-hmm. this next year That's here. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll be graduating folks. If you've not heard of the uh, the cast programs out there, more innovation in the education space, public private partnership uh, between the uh, the Holdworths uh, Foundation uh, and San Antonio Independent School District. Um, you can uh, listen to uh, some of the uh, past episodes. We've had some students on from Cast Tech, which is the cybersecurity uh, entrepreneurship and uh, uh, school uh, in that group, but then I guess Cast Med is probably coming online this year, and they're trying to yep, that's right. they're to, to bring mm-hmm. um, a high school forward to where um, project-based learning and lots of things employers are asking for getting that down into the high school curriculum. So, um, just yeah, I mean, I almost wish I was 20 years younger. So, well, 30 years younger. Sorry, so I could go back to high school uh, again and and uh, just what the opportunities are out there now for. Um, the kids to to learn uh, at that level is amazing. Yeah, same. I, I think about that all the time. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to be part of some of these planning meetings, um, including CastMed, um, and they really take it seriously. It's very intentional. They have employers and leaders from uh, either the respective industry or economic development or, and other nonprofits that are interested in workforce development sitting around the table. We're talking about dozens of individuals being very specific about what needs to be brought to the table and put into the curriculum. Um, they are a state public school, but it's an in-school charter, and so they get to do things different, and it's exciting to see this level of work being done. And just one thing to mention as well, um, you know, you'll you'll notice that uh, these schools, um, you know, for instance, CAST, let's talk about CASTEM, you know, which is doing some great work to uh, to support the manufacturing uh, careers, is um, it, it's, it's accessible to rural community, um, but it's also accessible to the urban community. And if you're within the district, you know, you, you have that school of choice. And so um, you're not necessarily tied to the school within your zone. And I might be using the wrong terminology there. But, you know, if you're an SAISD or even out of district, you're welcome to apply. And it, that school is available to everybody. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, so there's um, out there for educational options for parents that are, are sticking with us here to the end of the program. There's charter schools which are not run by a district uh, but they're available 
it's like a private school, except it's like sub tuition is paid. That's the charter part. It's paid with the same type of funds that you, you pay for the, the public schools out there. Um, so we're all paying for it via our property tax. It's a, your school district supports a, a line item in there. Uh, if you, you go to the districts also operate in district charters where this is now a charter school run by the school district and San Antonio ISD has a number of them. Um, but uh, many of the other school districts as well. And you do not have to reside within the district to attend those those charter schools that are operated by a, a district. So um, like half of the students at Cass Tech come from San Antonio ISD. The other half come from the greater Bear County area. Um, and that's just one example. But this goes all the way across the city. You could go to the Northeast School of the Arts um, if you're really into music without having to live in Northeast ISD. So um, it, it, school choices out there and options for you as a, a parent now are amazing. Um, and um, get your, your kids a, a chance to get the head start, uh, which if you can, like some of these things like the Cyber P-Tech, if you can cut the cost of college in half by taking it from four years down to two years, uh, this really transforms uh, everyone's opportunity to get that education to, to uh, change their career trajectory for their life. Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Sean, for joining us. Uh, we'll wrap here to, to close real quick. Uh, San Antonio edf.com uh, check out their q2 2019 jobs report and uh, figure out uh, what opportunities there are for you out there in the job market or if you're a, a parent or a grandparent um, point your your kids or your grandkids uh, in the right direction and uh, with the the planning and collaboration between the the edf and the employers and our, our government uh, entities here in the the greater bear county area we're uh, hopefully going to do a great job to uh, create lots of jobs and fill them uh, with uh, the folks that are choosing to live uh, in our city and county area. Thank you so much for having me.